This podcast episode is brought to you by Coors Light. These days, everything is go, go, go. It's nonstop hustle all the time. Work, friends, family expect you to be on 24-7. Well, sometimes you just need to reach for a Coors Light because it's made to chill. Coors Light is cold lagered, cold filtered, and cold packaged. It's as crisp and refreshing as the Colorado Rockies. It is literally made to chill. Coors Light is the one I choose when I need to unwind. So when you want to hit reset, reach for the beer that's made to chill. Get Coors Light in the new look delivered straight to your door with Drizzly or Instacart. Celebrate responsibly. Coors Brewing Company, Golden, Colorado. Hey, this is Dirk Nowitzki, and you're listening to the Mavs Step Back Podcast. Let me step back for a minute, tired of the gimmicks, see we just focused on winning, ball in the airline center, we bout to get litty, Luca carrying a torch, Borden jumped up off the porch, how you reckon with his force, third season in the game, and he a legend by his fourth, look, after dirt, now the king of Dallas, airline serving as the palace, young team and it's full of talent, want revenge, we accept the challenge, Luca carrying a legacy, what it take to be an MVP, being great, know it cost a fee, know it really Ain't that hard to see? Hold on, wait. Silence the critics, cause they never did it. Pass out Jordan, I ain't woke up the city. Map shooting hot like we straight out the chimney. Go back to Batman, I'm calling them Drizzy. Mo triple doubles, I'm waiting on 50. Step back smoother, you know it's so filthy. If I get down on my team, gonna lift me. Rep the map, step back. Overcame the setbacks. Starting where we left at. No, we gotta get back. No, we gotta get back. Rep the map, step back. Overcame the setbacks. Starting where we left at. No, we gotta get back. Like, no, we gotta get back. Let me step back for a minute. 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 Awesome Sims. Let's go. I agree. What a freaking game. Oh, man. That was awesome. How's it going, everybody? Welcome into another episode of the Mavs Step Back Podcast. Uh, this is Mavs Step Back Live on Locker Room. Uh, we're still getting used to this, but it's pretty cool. Uh, we, you know, we get to talk to everybody that, that wants to talk. It's in the room and everything, but... A really, really nice win for the Mavs right out of the gates uh, from All-Star Weekend. Uh, they beat the Spurs 115-104. to 104. Uh, They closed the gap. As far as, you know, in the standings, they're even in the in the game's back column. I think the Spurs still have a slight uh, lead on, on the Mavs as far as win percentage because they have one less loss, but the Mavs have one more win, and... They moved to three games over 500 for the first time all season, Matt. <laughs> I mean, uh, it, there were times in this game where we were really worried uh, for a little bit. You know, they, they didn't really look like uh, they were as well-rested as they should have been. Uh, coming out of the All-Star break, DeMar DeRozan was like eight of nine from the field. Uh, at one point in this game, and then he cooled off towards the end, uh, finished 12 of 19, still had 30 points, 11 assists, and I want him on the Mavs. We'll get into that later, but uh, really good game overall, man. And, uh, you know, uh, we had a really good game from KP tonight. You know, he, like I told you in the group chat uh, with Kirk throughout that game, he really shut me up. Uh, I, was, <laughs> I, was, I was getting on KP pretty hard. 
uh, at some point at some points during that game because uh, you know he was giving effort, but it seemed like while he was out there, they were losing ground on the scoreboard. So it was great to see him have a great game. Twenty eight points, eleven of seventeen from the field, hit two threes, uh, had a season high fourteen rebounds. Uh, so just just an outstanding game. Uh, for KP to start the second half of this season. Uh, Luca another triple-double, uh, 22 points, 12 assists, 12 rebounds. I mean, overall, how are you feeling about this one, Matt? I love seeing that great fourth quarter from KP. Uh, really love it. He's so clutch. Uh, I, you know, um, he, we've been giving him a hard time this year, but when he's had to show up, he's showed up in terms of, you know, clutch games and, and stuff like that. I remember you sending me a stat the other day and, you know, he, yeah, okay, maybe, so, he is, maybe he is a, a closer that we didn't know that they had. Um, I mean, he, yeah, he so really look, put that game out of reach. It's a small sample size. It's a very small sample size. But and it, it wasn't technically clutch minutes tonight, even though he was great in the fourth quarter. But this season, KP has an individual – offensive rating of like a hundred and I think it was 122 uh, individual offensive rating in the clutch. And he has a defensive individual defensive rating of 102. <laughs> so, yeah. I mean, he's, he's been he's outstanding in the clutch. Yeah. And, and you know, that's, that's something that they could use for sure. And part of it is probably him getting his legs back under him uh, as the season moves on. And he's had some time to get back in game shape and all that stuff. But, you know, he's he's shown up when they need him, and that's huge. Yeah. Well, the Mavs, they, they got what they needed from their two stars tonight. Uh, Maxi Kleba, he chipped in with 11 points and seven rebounds. He even had a couple of assists. That's rare for Maxi. Uh, Josh Richardson, he ended up with 12 points and four assists. Uh, let's see here. What did Tim end up with? Tim, Tim Hardaway Jr., uh, he started out the game as cold as he possibly could. Uh, coming off of all-star break, but he finished, uh, oh, well, he didn't finish that great. <laughs> Three of 11, but uh, he ended up with nine points, and he hit some a couple of big shots in the second half. So uh, overall, oh, and Willie Colleystein, he had a he had a bad moment. Uh, you could say that. that. Yeah, <laughs> when, he, when he pushed Pirtle into, uh, I think, it, who was it? Who did Derek he, White. Uh, yeah, Derek White. And uh, got the flagrant foul there, and but he was uh, he had ten points on the night. He was five of six from the field, uh, gave him a bit of a boost off the bench. So overall, I mean, it was a it was a great game. Uh, I see Austin Sims in the chat. He just said, uh, "Try giving uh, Bay half of Dorian Finney-Smith's minutes." I agree with that. <laughs> this is another thing we talked about throughout the game, Matt. That uh. I think Dorian Finney-Smith is being asked to do way too much right now. I mean, he's a good player. Yeah. He's a good role player. But I, I just don't – you notice when they finally decided to switch uh, Richardson, Josh Richardson, on to uh, DeRozan, he started missing shots. You know, it just uh, – I, I think they're just over-relying on Dorian, especially on the defensive end. Uh, he is – his three-point shot has uh, really dropped off the last five games. But I think defensively, you brought Richardson in. You gave up one of the most explosive offensive players, 
one of the best three-point shooters, the best three-point shooter in NBA history in Seth Curry, uh, who was on a great deal uh, for Richardson and Bay. Give those guys the minutes. Let Josh Richardson guard the best offensive player more often than Dorian Finney-Smith. And I, I agree with Austin there. I think uh, Tyler Bay needs to get some run after what we saw in his G League stint. And, you know, he even – we can get into this a little bit later too, but uh, when those guys came back from their G League assignment, it seems like every one of those guys had something to say that, in my opinion, it was kind of – it was kind of smart alecky <laughs> about Rick Carlisle. I know they didn't mean it that way, but that's just how I read it. You know, uh, Josh Green, he said something to the effect of, uh, well, you know, they, it made me more comfortable actually getting playing time, and he feels like he grew as a player because he got that playing time. And Tyler Bay alluded to the fact that his confidence had just kind of rock-bottomed uh, before he went into the G League, and he had to uh, rebuild that there. So that's not really – you don't really like to hear stuff like that coming from young guys, uh, young rookies like that. But, hey, it is what it is. You know, we that's what we get uh, with Rick Carlisle for, for better or worse. So, But the Mavs won tonight. It doesn't matter. It's just a nitpicky thing. We, we'd love to see those guys get – at least a few minutes there, so you're not over relying on a guy like Dorian Finney Smith. So, yeah, and you know he's just not he's just not the kind of player that um, you can put on LeBron one night and then Kawhi the next night and then you know Steph Curry the next. He, he's just not that guy. Uh, he's, he's not consistent enough to be that guy. No, and he shouldn't be asked to be. He, he, he shouldn't be asked to do it. It's it's. It's not fair to him when you when you went out and got a guy like Richardson and you have guys with the athletic ability of Tyler Bay and Josh Green on your bench who, you know, I would rather platoon those guys against, you know, DeRozan tonight than I would ha- having Dorian chase him around the floor all night. I mean, it's he's he's better off of, you know, on the, on the secondary uh, offensive threat for, you know, the opponent. And it's it's pretty obvious at this point. I think he's a little worn down, you know? Yeah. Yeah, I mean, I I feel like, and we're gonna we're about to start talking about what Mark Cuban told told us on the pod yesterday about <laughs> potential Mavs trade deadline uh, philosophy or whatever. But I feel like a move that would really make this team take a step forward would be getting a wing, preferably a three and D wing, just a guy that could comfortably move uh, Dorian Finney-Smith to the bench. You know what I mean? I, I yeah. feel like if, if there's something that you could comfortably move him to the bench to where he can you know, contribute even if he's inconsistent, it won't matter because that's usually what you get from your bench players. And that's one reason why I was you know, really high on the idea of uh, trading for Harrison Barnes, which – you missed that pod, uh, but I, that was one where I said, like, I really wish you were here so you could give your take on it. But uh, another guy who's in that same category is Harrison Barnes, and I think is, you know, a realistic option for the Mavs would be a guy like DeRozan. You have to get over the hurdle of him playing for your in-division rival Spurs. But, you know, if you if you add a guy into the mix like DeRozan who can get you – 
really consistent offense. Now, he doesn't shoot threes. Uh, he struggles from the free throw line from time to time, like we saw tonight. But if you can get a guy like that, even though all he does is shoot mid-range, he's so deadly efficient with that, I feel like he would just complement this team perfectly. What do you think about that? Oh, yeah, absolutely. Um, you got you got to find some way to to get that kind of a guy, and um, it's it makes sense to me. I just I, they need to do something. We've been talking about that all week, or really, I mean, not all week. Talking about about that all year. So um, if that's the route they want to go, I think it's a smart one to take. Yeah, and I think as far as DeRozan, I, the reason I say it's a realistic option is because before this game started. Greg Popovich dropped a bomb on the <laughs> on the media uh, saying that LaMarcus Aldridge, uh, his time with the Spurs was over. You know, that they had uh, mutually agreed to part ways and uh, they're looking at best trade options for him. And I'm sure if that doesn't pan out, they'll just agree to a buyout. So I feel <laughs> like that's a signal that the Spurs could end up being sellers. Uh, I think they know they're far from title contention and they're just kind of in the NBA purgatory range now and all of their well two of their perceived perceived best players in uh, Aldridge and DeRozan are well or well DeRozan's 31 and Aldridge is 35 I believe no he's not that old yeah I looked it up no I looked it up Aldridge is 35 I was shocked what (laughs) <laughs> we graduated high school the same year. How is that possible? <laughs> I don't know, but that's that's what uh, Basketball Reference says. What? Maybe they're wrong. But anyway, point is, they're older dudes. The Spurs aren't going anywhere, and I think they're you know going to try to blow it up. Now, Man, DeRozan, I'm old, Dalton. Yeah. <laughs> I'm not as old as you, but, you know, I'm getting there. All right. Noah has respe- has requested to speak. I'm going to give Noah the floor for a second, Matt. Noah, how's it going, man? Good, good. I was listening to y'all talk about the Spurs, and I think to a, to a certain extent, right, that uh, you know that they definitely know they're not a contender. But I think as long as Pop is here, they're going to try to compete. Right. No, I I totally agree. I I think that's a great point, Noah. Um, he Dalton. I don't know if you. I don't think you could hear him, but he was saying that. He 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 uh, he covers the Spurs for SB Nation, and he believes that um, you know with with Pop there, they they know. I, I think they he says that he thinks they know that they uh, they aren't competing, but they're still going to try to compete as long as Pop is there. Which I, I think that I think that makes a lot of sense to me. I mean, you you, you don't want to waste Pop's uh, twilight years or, or last few years. You want to try and get as much out of it as you can, and try and keep him going. Because he is, even if they're the the eight seed or the seven seed or you know in the bottom of the West, they're still he's still, in my opinion, the best coach in the NBA. So, you know, I, I think you you try to find any way you can to make that work. And if that is making a trade or if that is doing something else, um, trying to be aggressive in some other sort of way, then you have to do that. Um, now, if if they decide to move on from Pop, which I would thousand percent doubt they will ever do. But if they decided to do that, uh, maybe the Mavs could, you know, fire Rick and, and get Pop. You know, who knows? But, uh, but yeah, I mean, I think that's a, I think that's an extremely good point, though. I mean, you, you can't you can't count out uh, any remaining time that you have with Pop while you're San Antonio. It would be irresponsible. 
For sure, for sure. And th- thank you all for having me on here. The last thing I'll say before I leave is, um, you know, I think what's really important with the Spurs team to remember is, you know, they've kind of overachieved up to this point with a, guy, a lot of guys who were like late first rounders like DeJounte Murray, Derek White, Keldon Johnson, Lonnie Walker, Luka Shamanich. And, and those guys are still fairly young, excluding Derek White. And so I think that Pop and, and the rest of that front office, they're convinced they're building something. Now, as someone who covers them, I don't really think I see eye to eye with them on that. I think they're still missing a person like y'all have, obviously, like a Luka Doncic or a Jason Tatum, Zion Williamson, something like that. Sure. Because um, without that, I kind of feel like you're right, like that basketball purgatory sort of area where you're neither bad nor good. You're kind of like the Orlando Magic. You're constantly kicked out of the first round as like a seventh, eighth seed. And I don't want to see them be there, but I still think, yeah, with as long as Pop is there, they're going to try to compete, even if it's probably not what is best for the future of the franchise. Yeah, no, I, I totally agree. And, and that's that's a spot that um, the Mavs were in before they got Luka. They were um, they were running the treadmill of mediocrity, as, as Fish likes to call it. So that's not a spot you want to be in. It's very hard to get out of. Um, they, they basically had to make a decision that they were going to get aggressive about that. And uh, they were finally able to do it. And, you know, now they're on the trajectory up. And I think the Spurs can get there, too. And, um, you know, it's just it's just a matter of finding that that piece that um, that helps you turn the corner like the Mavs found with Luca. And then and then the, the pieces start falling after that. So thank you, Noah. It's that's uh, some really good insight. And we appreciate it a lot. Uh, we don't get a lot of Spurs talk around here. So it's, it's good to get a, a, a different perspective on things. Dalton, are you back? Do we do we we lost Dalton for a minute there, guys? Sorry. Hold on. Look, y'all. Life is simply too short to sleep between anything less than really nice sheets. But maybe you've looked at some other retailers and calculated the years of interest you'd pay on just one set and gave up. Trust me, though. This is top-notch stuff. Go check out Brooklinen. Brooklinen works directly with manufacturers to make luxury available directly to you without the luxury level markups. They have a variety of sheets, colors, patterns, and materials to fit your needs and tastes. Brooklinen has over 50,000 five-star reviews and counting. They are so confident you will love their products, they even offer a 365-day money-back guarantee. And look, this company is much more than just sheets, too. They've got comforters, pillows, towels, even loungewear. So go to brooklinen.com and use promo code STEPBACK to get $25 off when you spend $100 or more, plus free shipping. That's B-R-O-O-K-L-I-N-E-N.com and enter promo code STEPBACK to get $25 off when you spend $100 or more, plus free shipping. Brooklinen.com and use promo code STEPBACK at checkout. All right. Let's see who's who's still in the room after that. Oh, there's quite a bit of people here. Okay, so Matt, I think it would be a good time to uh, transition into uh, what Mark Cuban told us uh, on the podcast yesterday when it comes to what the Mavs could potentially be doing as we get closer to the trade deadline. Uh, it was kind of <laughs> – if you go back and watch that YouTube video – uh, we asked Mark Cuban, we were like, okay, so what type of player are the Mavs looking for? You know, uh, what kind of, uh, what type of deals are we looking for here? And he basically just came out and said that unless it's for, for another star caliber player, 
which, I mean, I don't know what the Mavs define as a star. I'm sure it's a little bit different than what we do. <laughs> our, standards, a, our standards are a little bit lower at this point. For a that's a bit star. of a subjective term, I think. <laughs> yeah. But that's what he said, and you could see it on both uh, – me and Matt's face, we were just like, oh, man, <laughs> we, yep. that's, not what, that's not what we wanted to hear because this team's depth, I feel like, could could improve, uh, you know, a lot over what it is now. But he basically said, unless it's something that they believe moves the needle, they're, they're fine with continuity, which in a like in a sense, I get what he's saying there. I, I agree with that to it. To an extent, I get what Cuban was saying there, uh, but yeah. I don't know, man. I just I want him to be aggressive. Uh, I want him to, you know, it's like a team like the Sacramento Kings that's that are uh, they're reported to be wanting to get off of salary, and you know, two of the biggest contracts they have is Buddy Heald and Harrison Barnes. And I know Mavs fans have thoughts about Harrison Barnes from his uh, uh, his previous stint. In Dallas, but like I said on that podcast, that was basically all about Harrison Barnes. It would be different this time. You know, Luca is a different player. He's 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 well established now as a as a superstar. There wouldn't be a power struggle. It was different. Uh, Luca's rookie year, which was Barnes' last year as a Maverick, because you had this guy who was. Uh, you know, fresh out of Europe, he was 19 years old, and he just immediately took over as the team's best player, and it just qu- created an awkward situation for everybody else. I think if you bring back Harrison Barnes now with Luca and KP, and he's not the best player, and he knows he's not the best player, I think that would work out well. You know, so yeah. And Gabriel um, G- Gabriel said in the chat here, Jerry Jones loves his guys too. <laughs> That's, yeah, that's an excellent that's so point, true. That's uh, so, true. so I've actually had some time to think about what Mark said yesterday, and I'm convinced that he is just playing his cards close to the chest, um, which wouldn't be surprising either. I mean, I don't, you know, I don't think that he wanted to come on a podcast and say, "Yeah, we're absolutely going to be aggressive and make deals and blah blah blah," especially since they've been deflecting with the KP talk stuff with the stuff about Kevin Love and Larry Nance, every, every trade rumor that's come up, they've shot down. Those, those rumors don't happen out of thin air just because they're not necessarily coming from the Mavs side of things. Doesn't mean that they're not true. You know, these, these reporters could have, they have a source in New Orleans. I mean, that's one of the things that drives me crazy. It's like, well, you know, Nobody that I've talked to in the Mavs, you know, they haven't said anything, blah, blah, blah. They don't say stuff. Like, they don't have to say stuff for this stuff to be – for these other things to be true. Yeah. If, if, if there's a, a guy in New Orleans, I mean a reporter who, who talks to a guy in New Orleans, that's a guy in New Orleans that has nothing to do with the Mavs. It can, it can still be – they're not mutually <laughs> exclusive. So yeah, that, that's very the, that's possible the, that the Mavericks are doing this and that they're just not saying anything. And that's fine. If they don't want to say anything, that, that's – I would rather them, them do it this way than what they did over the summer, which is where when Donnie came out and said, we're going big game hunting, and then they got Josh Richardson. Yeah, it's kind of like the Boston Celtics approach where every single year, like, like well after a move happens, you hear, oh, well, the Celtics, they were in, they, they were so close to getting this guy. 
I saw a report come out earlier today. Oh, the Celtics, they were so close to getting James Harden. <laughs> and that that trade happened forever ago. So, I mean, it it's better than that. But, you know, I, I agree with you. I do think they hold their, their cards close to the vest. But I don't know, Matt. I, I think it's more of a situation where they know that they know that there isn't much on the trade market that they can get as far as a potential third star with the assets that they have, you know, unless they did decide to trade KP and, and what remaining draft capital they have. Um, and like I've mentioned before, you know, the play-in tournament, I feel like that's having an effect on it too because a lot of teams who are normally uh, starting to bottom out at this point, they're still in it because of the play-in. Uh, you know, uh, if you if you make it to tenth in your conference, you have a chance to make the playoffs. So, Which, for the record, I just want to say something on that real quick. Is awful. That is so dumb. <laughs> it should be the eight the the eighth seed and the ninth seed that play for the plan if there is a plan, and that is it. Yeah, there should be but, no tenth. There should be no seventh. There should it, that is so dumb. To be clear, I'm not the type of guy who goes around banging his drum about participation trophies and stuff like that, but that is that does seem like a <laughs> like a trend in that direction and I, I don't like it for the NBA standings. So <laughs> let's see here. Hold on, let's look at the chat for a second. Sabe says, I think Cuban realize we've been let down so many times he wants to lower our expectations just looking out for the fans you know that's a good theory too because given how the last couple of off seasons have gone <laughs> in free agency uh um, couple well i mean since luca though i mean his last rookie decade. yes that's true too but after luca's rookie season they had max cap space and before free agency even began, we got the news that their top target, Kimball Walker, was going to go to the Celtics. So before free agency even began, uh, they knew he was off the board and they had a chance to plan for somebody else. And then they decided to uh, have dinner with KP and chase Danny Green for four days instead of do anything else with that cap space. So that was disappointing. Ended up with DeLon Wright and Seth Curry, uh, neither of whom are on the team anymore. <laughs> they traded away Harrison Barnes for Justin Jackson. Uh, Justin Jackson is gone. He didn't do much in his time as a Maverick. And then you had this past off season where, given they didn't have a lot of cap space, but uh, you know they they did have the full MLE and they had some uh, max contracts and they had their draft picks. Which I like what they did with their draft picks, but if you're not going to play them. You know, uh, what's the point? Uh, but what annoys me about this past off season is, yeah, they didn't have cap space, and basically all they had was the MLE. But remember that report that came out that was like the, the Mavs basically offered a guy like Jay Crowder uh, a one-plus-one deal with the second year being a, a team option? I mean, there's no way the Mavs could have thought that was actually going to work. <laughs> you have to pay, you have to overpay for good players, especially when you're not, you know, the Los Angeles Lakers or the the Miami Heat and those those supermarkets. You know, uh, I, I feel like there 
they feel like they're in that category, but they're just not quite there. And it, that, that's what really annoyed me. It's like, how are you going to – because Jay Crowder would have helped this team a good bit, in my opinion. He's one of those guys that I was telling you about where, you know, you get a guy like him and you can move Dorian Finney-Smith to the bench and it just makes – it has a good ripple effect on that on that roster. Uh, so it really annoys me that uh, that they did something like that. And it goes back to what – because you asked Mark uh, if the Giannis pursuit had any effect on how they approached the offseason. And he said it didn't. But, I mean, Matt. Come on. That was su- that's such excuse my French everyone. That's such a load of bullshit. <laughs> that was like, a company line, man. <laughs> that was the, that was the most that was the most com- that was the biggest company line I've heard out of the Mavs in a long time. It affected everybody's offseason. It's <laughs> yeah. fine to admit that. As soon as uh as soon as Giannis as soon as Giannis didn't sign that max extension uh the first time he had a chance to that I guarantee you, that was all they were thinking about. So, yeah, we're yeah, we're calling I, we're calling BS on that one. Sorry, we we love Mark; he's our guy. But <laughs> well, yeah, but also I, I remember I remember talking extensively on the pod about how that's just a really bad idea. To it's to true put, to put all your chips on a on a guy who's two off seasons away or whatever it was. I mean, it doesn't matter now, but and yeah. it, it it bit him it. It really bit them, and that sucks. But well, to pick up the pieces, like I've told you multiple times uh, since this season started, and you you know this, Matt. I've been I've said it before. I've been probably the most patient with Mavs free agency stuff over the last decade than probably anybody else. Despite getting my heart broken over and over again, I still feel like the Mavs are going to end up doing something good uh, this offseason with the cap space they have. Now, if they God don't, this, if they don't, this, this offseason is probably the straw that, that breaks the camel's back. But I'm giving them one more chance, Matt, because Luca, he's going to be an all-NBA first-teamer, it looks like, for the second straight year if he keeps going at this rate. Uh, if the Mavs keep winning at this rate, they're going to at least have the five seed in the West. I think after three years of Luka and this being the first time the Mavs have had significant cap space since uh, Luka's rookie year, uh, I think that could, could make a difference. Now, we'll we'll see. Uh, there's not a lot of big names on the market unless something happens in Clipperland and Kawhi decides to opt out. And I put out another Pipe Dream article on dallasbasketball.com for all of you to yell at me about but <laughs> we'll, we'll see how it goes uh i'm optimistic about this upcoming off season and i'm really not as optimistic about the trade deadline though specifically uh, i kind of like you said it could be him just like not wanting to let out much but honestly i, I really don't see them doing much Unless something just falls in their lap, and I feel like the KP trade even fell in their lap, you know. Yeah, uh, and, and that and that's fine. I, I'm not saying that they're playing their cards close to the vest and they're actually chasing a star. I just I do think that they're going to do something. I, I I don't think that they're just going to sit there and and twiddle their thumbs at the trade deadline. They're going to try to get better. It would be irresponsible to not try to get better. Yeah. Well, uh, we'll see how it goes, but 
I just don't think unless unless something happens in these next few weeks and like the Bulls just go on a massive losing streak or something and they have another or well like they had a chance before but you know if if something happened with the Bulls and then you have an outside chance of offering something for Levine I mean that's probably like your top best case scenario but other than I mean there's really not a lot out there we put together some some really interesting second, you know, third tier type of trades. But like Mark said, I mean, unless it's just something that really moves the needle in their eyes, I don't think they're they're going to do it. And I, I actually believe him on that one because especially how the team's been going so far, they've won 10 of their last 12 games. And I think that's enough for this front office to, you know, say, okay, we don't need to do too much, which we might not agree with, but I, I really think that's what they're thinking right now. I actually have a take on that. Um, I do think that there's other things they can do that are interesting. Um, and I'm kind of specifically referencing what's going on in Houston right now. Uh, a fire what? sale. A fire oh, sale is how one guy put it. Yeah, I, I wrote a thing on it for 105.3 The Fan, and actually I wrote it for 610 Sports or Sports Radio 610 in Houston. Uh, but it's it's interesting because they've won, they've lost what their their last 14 games or something like that, 14 straight. Right. So you know that Oladipo is probably going to be on the move. PJ Tucker is probably. I mean, they're literally going to be shipping off pieces everywhere. So why not try and at least get a piece of that? It doesn't have to be Oladipo. You could get PJ Tucker. You could get Daniel House Jr. You, could, you know, one of those guys that could just add depth. I mean, that could be huge in its in, a, in and of itself. Yeah, even uh-huh. even with the Rockets, you know, speaking of them. Even if they, you know, were to get a guy like Eric Gordon, I'd be okay with that. I mean, I think I think he's a guy that helps you out uh, immediately. Uh, now, uh, defensively, that that might be another story, but I mean, he he gives you some more offensive firepower, and he's not as old and and washed as PJ Tucker might be at this point. Uh, the Oladipo thing is interesting because he's been he's been dreadful with the Rockets. Uh, but like everybody's been dreadful. With yeah, the I mean that's what I was gonna say too. I mean you can't you can't really judge him by what he's done in Houston, given that a he doesn't want to be there, and uh, you know he doesn't really have any chemistry with any of those guys he's playing with, and he's pretty much the best player on the team aside from Christian Wood. So I don't know. I I, I would I would take a chance. I would buy low on. Uh, Oladipo at this point and if it works out then you have him in house and you can potentially keep him in free agency so that would be a good a good move for them I'm going back in the chat here I see Gabriel said uh, free agency is looking kind of slim uh let's see bad off season for that kind of cap space you have John Collins you have uh Rashawn Holmes which I think is is Holmes a restricted free agent as well I can't he, remember. I think he is. But anyway, DeRozan, you know, he's on the market. Now, that's an interesting – as much as I talked about, you know, potentially trading for DeRozan if uh, if the Spurs end up selling like they're looking to do with Aldridge, uh, I would still be interested in DeRozan this offseason. That, that would be a really, really good pickup for this team. 
Yeah, uh, I totally agree. Yeah, on on both ends of the court. And like I said, he's not your he's not your modern day NBA player. He doesn't shoot threes, but he is so efficient with that mid range. I was just thinking at times tonight, like if <laughs> if if uh, and Tyler said DeRozan as our four would be nice. I agree with that. The way he's been, the way he's played this year with the Spurs, I think he's actually played at the four a good bit. Uh, and you have a guy like that who plays good defense. You know, he's he's a big guard, a guard slash forward type. You know, can guard a, a multitude of different types of players. Uh, he gives you consistent offense from the mid range. I'd love to have that kind of offense next to Luca. Yeah, I mean he's a scorer. You you, you want scores? I like Ooh, that idea Holmes, too. It's, Holmes is great. unrestricted. What what Sean kind Holmes of scares me? What kind of scares me is that somebody's going to get traded from San Antonio, and it's not going to be DeRozan, and the Mavs are going to end up with Aldridge, and. <laughs> Which Kirk, I mean, Kirk, let's be let, yelling at us for the next couple of months. Let, let's be honest here, though. I mean, if all you trade for for Aldridge is Dwight Powell and you know, say uh, uh, James Johnson, I mean, come on, that that's better than what you got now. No, yeah, I, I agree. It's just <laughs> it would just be it would be that would be the luck. You know what I mean? Yeah. You, you you see a, a Shams tweet pop up, you know, Mavs Spurs agree to trade. And you're like, oh, my God. And you're like, oh, oh. yeah, DeRose. <laughs> oh, all right, sure. <laughs> yeah, yeah. It's just like, oh, yeah, the Mavs doing something with a Curry. Ah, oh, it's Seth Curry, which that, that turned out to be good. But you know what I'm talking about. Jesse, uh, Jesse says, I do Powell and James Johnson for Aldridge just to get off Powell's contract. I agree. Uh that would be part of the motivation too. Even if Aldridge doesn't give you much, he's an expiring. Uh, he's thirty-five, so I mean, you can't expect too much out of a move like that. Uh, but the motivation—I I feel like—and some people will probably be like, "Well, why would the Spurs want Dwight Powell?" Uh, you know, if you if you throw any kind of draft compensation in there, like a second-round pick, I'm sure uh, San Antonio would be willing to get you know whatever they can get just to. Uh, just to just to get something for the thirty five year old who's not going to be there any longer, you know. Yeah, they don't want to just they want to nothing. Yeah, they they, they want to avoid. Right, they want to avoid a buyout situation. All right, Tyler has requested to speak here. Hold on, just a second, Tyler. Are you there? I am here, and I'm not going to leave like the other guy. <laughs> What's up, man? How you doing? Nothing much. Uh, just watch the watch the Mavs win a, a close game most of the game for the Spurs. So I was going to ask you guys after your podcast and uh, you know the stuff that's come out about Kyle Lowry. Um, do you Ooh, think I it's like possible? That, do you think it's possible that maybe the third superstar or the third star that Cuban was talking about in your interview was maybe Kyle Lowry? Is he maybe hinting at a potential move with the Mavericks? I really like Kyle Lowry. I I haven't checked his – how old is Kyle Lowry at this point? Uh, I want to say he's 34 and makes like 30 billion. <laughs> yeah. Let me look. That, that's uh-huh. the thing. I think if you – that's another one of those trades yeah, where – Yeah, he's 34. 34. Oh. <laughs> I, I Googled Kyle Lowry. 
I googled Kyle Lowry and it said NBC Sports says report Raptors not trading Kyle Lowry. So that definitely means he's getting traded. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. I mean, I, I think it was Ryan Russo who went on Bill Simmons' podcast and said that Lowry uh, has been like told for over a month he's going to get traded. Yeah, I think I've I've always loved the idea of Kyle Lowry uh, being a Maverick. You know, they they had a ton of interest in you know uh, trying to sign him. I think it was the off was it I think it was the off season before Luca, where they were interested in Lowry and uh, and Drew Holiday. It's hard to keep track of all the guys who use this. Yeah, there's there's clam powder, baby. (laughs) (laughs) But I I think uh, I think he fit really well. I don't know if he's he may not be third star material for the foreseeable future, but he definitely fit that that role right now with this team. And he he'd take a lot of pressure off of uh, off of Luca to do everything. You know, most of the most of the ball handling, most of the playmaking especially in clutch situations. I I think they could get by. I don't know what the Raptors would want for him because, like somebody mentioned, he is an expiring contract. But, I mean, I think that's one of those things where you could pair uh, James Johnson, Dwight Powell, and draft compensation, and, you know, that could be – I wouldn't want to give up any more than that for the 34-year-old Lowry if, if, that's, if that's fair. So – yeah, I mean, Powell's from Toronto. Maybe if we say that enough times during the trade right. conversation, but one of them. <laughs> send, uh, send Powell home. I, I, I was going to say that, um, you know, what we think is a third star might be different from what the Mavericks and right. Mark Cuban think is a third star. And with that being said, I can already envision a press conference where Rick Carlisle is talking about his championship pedigree. Donnie Nelson said he's really excited <laughs> to acquire him. And then Mark Cuban's like, see, I told you guys on, you know, uh, Dalton and Matt's <laughs> podcast just two weeks ago, and everybody got mad at me, but here's your third star. Here's Kyle Lowry. Yeah, yeah, I, th- I think uh, that that's a good point, too, because I do think what the Mavs might consider uh, a star player would be a little bit, you know, I think their standards might be a little bit lower than what we might consider as a third star. So. That's a good point, too. Jesse has asked to speak here, so I'm going to let him on for a little bit. Hey Jesse, guys. you there? Yeah, can you hear me? Yeah, what's up, man? Not much. Um, I was listening to the pod the other day with Cubes and him talking about how he doesn't foresee doing any trades during the trade deadline unless it's like a really big trade. Um, and right. he also, it was good to hear him say that um poor Zingus was uh not going to be like he's pr- protected or whatever um with i wanted to ask about poor Zingus tonight he had a great game tonight uh 28 and 14 um you know was pretty efficient uh what do you think he's gonna look like going forward do you think he's just needed that time to really just get back into the cardio rhythm of things uh do you think that he's going to be um, somebody that, you know, we can really gain value on. And maybe if we don't like the fit next year, we have, we can get a lot more. For- well, it's, it, it's a good question because, and Matt, he mentioned this earlier, uh, when those KP trade requests, not trade requests, when those trade rumors came out, the Mavs went into overtime denying all those rumors and as Matt pointed out, just because the Mavs are denying it and saying, oh, that's absolutely not true, 
that doesn't necessarily mean that, that no exploratory talks happen right. because you do have another side. You know, if they if the Mavs contacted, you know, the Golden State Warriors about a potential trade for KP, sure, the Mavs are tight lipped and they're not going to say anything. But somebody on the Warriors side might not be that way. And so if a trade if a trade talk broke down and nothing came of it, the Mavs can deny it all they want. And there's no proof, you know, <laughs> we'll never know. But Right. GMs call each other constantly about asking about different things, kick the tires constantly. So that's not right. But, you know, that being said, if KP plays like he did tonight more often, which is what we saw last year towards the the second half of that season and into the bubble, then I, I kind of believe him. You know, I feel like they're not going to trade him. It's it's only his second season uh, with the Mavs, and, and he hasn't had he's an shown that when he gets back when he gets back into the into a rhythm, uh, he can be this type of guy. And it, it's it's an interesting question because that's always going to be the the issue with KP is can he keep it up, or if he does keep it up, can he stay healthy? Uh, so right. I, I feel like they're going to hold on to him. I feel like it, it was, you know, more of him getting back into a rhythm. Uh, you know, somebody pointed out on one of our previous pods that uh, Jaron Jackson Jr. for the Memphis Grizzlies, he had a similar – he had the same injury as KP pretty much, and uh, he's still not back, you know. Right, so, and he had his surgery seven weeks before KP. Yeah, yeah. So, I mean – uh, it's one of those things where KP probably came back a little bit earlier than he should, and then you know it was kind of strained. Uh, it kind of strained his importance with the COVID stuff too, so he had to uh, do a little bit more than uh, what he probably needed to right out of the gates coming back. So I feel good about it, man. I, I, KP can be frustrating at times, but I like what I saw from him tonight, and I, and I do think it's sustainable uh, going forward. What do you think, Matt? No, I totally agree. Um, and I've been kind of saying this ever since he got back. I started losing my patience a little bit um, here, you know, right before he started this run where he's been he's been better. But I mean, I, man, I think that's all it was. I think we saw it last year. It, it took him some time to knock the rust off, and I think he can. I think he can keep playing this way. I really do. I mean, obviously the health thing is a concern. Yeah. But I never wanted to, to, I, there was like a, like a couple of days where I was really frustrated and I was like, trade his ass, trade his ass, but I never said it publicly. (laughs) I I think everybody was kind of like that for a little bit, (laughs) but I've, I've maintained since the beginning of all this stuff for like 99% of the time that I don't want to trade him. And like tonight, is exactly why. Because when he's playing like that and Luca's over there getting a 22-point triple-double, who's beating them? Yeah, There's not a lot of teams that can beat them in a seven-game series if they, if they both play like that. Yeah, so, and that's, all, that's always been the case with this roster. If Luca is getting consistent help from his perceived second star, you know, like tonight, then they can beat anybody on any given night. That's always been the question, though, is what are you going to get from KP? And if you get this kind of production from KP for an extended period of time, is it going to wear on him? Is he going to be healthy for the playoffs? Or is it going to be like against the Clippers where, you know, he, he has an unfortunate injury, which, you know, given that was a contact injury, so it wasn't like a 
like something structurally wrong with his leg, but you know, it was still deflating nonetheless. So yeah, I mean, I, I yeah. really like what I've seen from him. He still has some questions to answer. He still has to prove a lot, but I think that'll keep him motivated. And uh, I'm, I'm very excited to see uh, what he can do in the second half of the season, especially since the Mavs have an easier schedule. I saw something, I think it was, uh, I still follow Tankathon. <laughs> <laughs> on uh on Twitter from the old Mavs tank days and uh I think they tweeted out the strength of schedules for the second half of the season and I think the Mavs have the second easiest schedule for the second half so that's going to be in in May to end the season oh man they're going to rack up some wins in that month if they're healthy so yeah I'm excited well the thing that was impressive to me tonight was he went up against Jakob Pertl who's actually by all defensive met- metrics an amazing defender like he's in the advanced stats he's like has one of the best in the league as far as that goes so like for him to be able to do that on him and you know it's just one game but it is very promising yeah well, Jesse, look, we appreciate it, man. Uh, appreciate it, guys. Yeah, you have a good one. All right, look, we're going to, if anybody wants to ask anything, go ahead and request to speak or ask us a question in the chat. If not, uh, we're going to wrap this up in a, in a few minutes. So just let me know if, if y'all have anything else y'all want to know before we take off here. This has been a good one. Matt, do you have anything else you want to add? Speak now or forever hold your peace. No, I uh, <laughs> No, I don't. I mean, I look I I think that the the strength of schedule thing is is very interesting. Um my only thing that I would say to that is, you know, with just given what we know about this team in the last couple of years, I'm not going to take any any games for granted whatsoever. Um, they disappointed me too much last year with those Knicks games and the other games they shouldn't have lost. They've had a couple of them this year. Um, I think they've kind of cleaned that stuff up a little bit now that everybody's out of the COVID issues and things are, you know, the continuity's there and they're getting the reps and everything. But yeah, until I see them go on like a real run where they're not losing games that they're supposed to win – for like an extended period. I don't mean like 12 games. I mean like 30 games where they're, you know, they're only losing to good teams. I'm, I'm going to take that with a grain of salt, but it is, it is promising. Yeah. And let's see here. Sabe says, other than doing nothing, what would be a disappointment at the deadline? Uh, okay. Well, this, this is an interesting question because if they do nothing, I mean, given how they're how they're playing, I mean, yeah, it'd be disappointing because we feel like there's you know a lot of areas that uh, they could improve the roster. But I feel like the like I'm not going to be disappointed unless they do something stupid like uh, like trade for for Kyle Lowry and include Brunson in a packet, <laughs> you know, so, something like that. Like trade for a guy on a, which I want Lowry. They're, they're going to trade. They're going to trade Jalen Brunson straight up for Ish Smith. Yeah, like, you know, I mean, just just don't botch anything. I, I want them to make a move, but if they don't, you know, that's fine. Just just don't screw up. <laughs> it, it's, it's not a hard ask, in my opinion. Right. I see Kirk just joined the room. Kirk, I'm going to bring you up, and we're going to, have, we're, we're going to talk for a second. 
sure. before we take off here, because we're towards the tail end of this, but <clears throat> what are your thoughts on the Mavs at the trade deadline? I mean, what are you going to be disappointed in? I mean, is it possible to be pre-disappointed? Like, to just <laughs> to just exist? No, you know what? I don't like what Mark Cuban had to say on your podcast. But I also we don't didn't know, either, to be honest. I don't know what else he's <laughs> supposed to say, you know. And I, I I said this on another on another pod last night, where I essentially said like this is kind of my beef with him being so forward facing is there's not as much upside as he seems to think there is because we bitch when he says something good, we we or or we complain when he doesn't say anything interesting. So it's very, but but I I think that if yeah. you, if you boil away my frustration with him, the owner and think about what he actually said was the Mavericks. There's, there's some value in continuity. And I think he might have a point there because the Mavericks as a team have not had a lot of continuity. Um, I've been engaging with, you know, a friend of the show here, Mavs draft on, on Twitter about Porzingis. And he's been making the argument to me that Porzingis has been consistent over the last 12 games. I don't agree, but the Mavericks have won. And that is literally all that matters. So if they can figure this out while winning more than they're losing, it, it really somehow, if they were to lock up the sixth seed and somehow climb the ranks, nobody wants to play these guys. That, so that, that's kind of where I am to where if, if they don't do anything, then, then we have, you know, our, our, like the, the, the Maverick MVP from the offseason the last several years, cap space. To, to join us. <laughs> and so that's where I would be a little bit, you know, you know, I'm going to be grumpy about it, but let's worry about that. when We worry about that because yeah. the fact that they're three games above 500 feels like a friggin' miracle. Yeah. It's unbelievable. I mean, I mentioned it earlier, but 10 wins in the last 12 games, this is like, this is like that run last year that they had when they were completely healthy. And then, you know, Lucas sprained his ankle and the wheels started to fall off a little bit and they just kind of played 500 basketball for the rest of the year. Uh, but, you know, what they're doing now is similar to that that move they made that got them well above 500 and, and kept them there. So I'm encouraged about that. I'm going to look up the stats after we get off here to see if, see if it lines up with KP's clutch stats because I mentioned to both of you guys and I mentioned it earlier in this pod – but he's been incredible in his limited clutch minutes this year. I mean, they didn't and, have it tonight. They just beat the yeah, crap out of the Spurs. It was awesome. Yeah, yeah, they, they didn't have it tonight. But he was he was awesome in the fourth quarter. I'm going to just look he, up his still, quarter numbers and see if it lines up. He still put the game away. Play. Yeah, yeah, he put the game away. I'm going to look up just his fourth quarter numbers and see if it if it matches as, you know, or if it's even as close – as good as it is uh, to what his limited clutch numbers is, because I feel like he's been a lot better in in late game situations this year than you know starting out games, which is which would be totally a KP thing, you know, because he starts out the seasons slow and then he comes on towards the end. Uh, but yeah, look, that's going to do it for another episode, guys. We appreciate all of you joining us. We had a bunch of people in here tonight, so. A lot of fun, had a lot of people come up and talk, and the Mavs, like Kirk said, they beat the crap out of the Spurs. It's always a good night when that happens. Yep. But, guys, be be sure to like, rate, and subscribe on all your favorite podcast platforms. Uh, if you haven't checked out our interview with Mark Cuban on the pod yesterday, uh, just go to either of our Twitter handles. We've, we've got it all over the place there. 
Uh, we got it on YouTube if you want to see our pretty faces uh, <laughs> instead of instead of just listening to us. So it's all there. So, guys, we really appreciate it. We hope you all have a great rest of the week, a great weekend. And unless the Mavs trade for DeMar DeRozan or LaMarcus Aldridge or something like that, uh, we will see you next week. But who knows? We might have a we might have a emergency pot over the weekend. But anyway, appreciate it, guys. Y'all have a good one. Let me step back for a minute. 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 Sugar Ray Leonard, Roberto Duran, Marvelous Marvin Hagler, and Thomas Hearns. Legends, whose four-way rivalry defined one of the greatest eras in boxing history. Relive their decade of dominance in the new Showtime sports documentary, The Kings, a four-part series premiering Sunday, June 6th, only on Showtime.